podcast from Concern Worldwide, bringing you stories from some of the 25 countries we work in as humanitarians, the challenges communities are facing, some of the solutions and other bits in between. To find out more about Concern, visit concern.net. Welcome to Pod Worldwide, a brand new podcast from Concern. In this our first episode, we're hearing how biogas is helping Concern's chef in Malawi, what's happening in Sudan, and sustainable activist and presenter Fanula Morin will face our How Much Do You Know quiz. I'm your host, for this episode at least, Hilary Staunton. up we're going to what we hope will be a regular slot on this podcast items i can't do my job without where we hear from concerned colleagues around the world on what object big and small is essential to their job we're off to malawi to speak to chifundo who keeps concerned staff in the capital fed my name is chifundo banda and i'm working as the cook and the cleaner here in concerned head office in the long way the item which I cannot do without in my job is energy because I, I cannot cook without energy. So energy has to be there. So for me, here it's biogas. So as you know, here in Africa, in Malawi, we had some challenges in, in about electricity coming off and on, especially during the rainy season which was not good for us, even for me to, in the middle of cooking, you can find yourself that the electricity is off. Tell me a little bit about the biogas system and the cooker. It's mainly what we'd put in a compost heap, isn't it? And you put it in, is that how it works? Here in Malawi, we have a like a big black bag, which we feed all our kitchen residues. Here, we only use animal waste and also organic waste, which eventually will also produce two things at once, energy and fertilizer as well. And so then from that sack, it just then feeds into the cooker, is it? Yeah, so there's there's like a pipe which is coming from outside to inside, which collects the gas to the cooker, which we use. Is it a more reliable energy source it's very reliable having this system has really made a difference to my job the biogas is efficient source of energy compared to other source of energy which i was using before and so what energy would have you been using before it was gas and electricity because how many people would you cook for in the office most rates about 20 25 if you're really we are just few it's about 18 but most of the time it's 20 above. It's not only for one meal. Also think about other vegetarians. Some they don't eat this and some they don't eat this. So I have to manage almost seven or eight pots at once. So it, it was difficult for me. And has it made a difference, do you think? I love it because you can see even the, it's an eco-friendly thing which will not even destroy the, the environment at all. And you can see the saving two purposes at once. It's also save energy. At the same time, we're making fertilizer, which also we are using for our gardens here around the office. So you can see it's 
it's so beneficial. Thanks to Chifundo for taking time out of her very busy day to chat to me. If you want to find out more about biogas and how it works in Malawi in particular, you can find more information on the Concern website. At the time of recording this podcast, conflict in Sudan and northeast Africa has left hundreds of people dead and forced hundreds of thousands more to flee their homes. Sudan has a population of 46 million people and geographically it's one of the largest countries on the continent. It's also one of the poorest in the world, with an average yearly income of 750 US dollars or 690 euros. So what's going on? Here's Clara Hearn from Concerns Communications team with this explainer. Since a coup in 2021, which ousted longtime leader Omar al-Bashir, Sudan has been led by two military men. Fighting broke out in the middle of April between groups loyal to each of the men, Sudan's regular army and a paramilitary force called the Rapid Support Force. Starting in the Sudanese capital Khartoum, the fighting quickly spread throughout the country. Many humanitarian organisations could no longer operate safely and went into what's called hibernation, where staff remain at home and work is suspended. Subad Vidyapore, emergency program manager with Concern, was only in Sudan one week when they had to go into lockdown. It was again a usual normal day. I was supposed to go to the office that day in the morning itself. And that's when we started hearing uh, heavy shelling and, and shooting and firing and all. Wondering what happened, then immediately we got to know that something is not right. Eventually, the difficult decision was taken to evacuate non-Sudanese Concern staff. Some of those based in the south of Sudan moved across the border into Chad, while international staff in Khartoum made their way to Port Sudan, over 800 kilometers away. Subod describes the journey. We got this information that uh, there is evacuation happening. However, with Khartoum airport completely destroyed, that was definitely not an option. So the option given by the UN, UN uh, who was organizing this big uh, convoy of around 800 expats and around 70 buses and cars. The original time uh, which was suggested by the security was uh, close to 15 hours. But we finished our journey when we actually did the calculation, it was 33 hours on the road. Behind all the drama of evacuating staff from Sudan, the real priority and story is the Sudanese people, who have either had to flee their country or had to remain and are now dealing with daily fighting in many regions. Before the current conflict, almost 16 million people, that's one third of the population, were in need of humanitarian assistance. And the truth is that this number will only increase due to the hostilities. Concern has been in Sudan for 37 years, working to provide health and nutrition, clean water, sanitation and hygiene services. Subot is part of the team getting Concern programs back up and running again, with health clinics in South and West Kordofan both over 500 kilometers from Khartoum, back operating. Our national colleagues are still in there and we want to do as much as possible, not only for them, but also for the people who are now again suffering. In South and West Kordofan, our staff uh, has started going to the office. Uh, the markets as of now seems uh, things are available and it is kind of business as usual. Tens of thousands of people have left Sudan for relative safety and security in neighboring countries such as Central African Republic, Chad, Egypt, Ethiopia, and South Sudan. 
in Chad, to the west of Sudan, at least 60,000 people had arrived across the border by the end of May. Concern are in Sila province in Chad. It's usually a very dry area, but it has recently experienced two heavy rains, which bring with them the threat of waterborne diseases. Shelter is essential, as is healthcare, both of which Concern are working to provide, as Prudence and Dalamana, area coordinator for Concern in Sila, explains. They arrived without anything, so they are hosted by uh, some community members who also don't have much. They don't have food, they don't have health system. So the situation is uh, alarming. Concern with uh, Irish aid, we are trying to mobilize uh, support to them, especially around basic items, cooking pots, some clothes, jerry cans to be able to, to fetch water. Concern, along with lots of other humanitarian organisations, are calling for an end to hostilities in Sudan so humanitarian work can start again. A highlight of Concern's annual event calendar is the All-Ireland Post-Primary Schools Debate Finals. More than 175 teams from secondary schools around the country took part, with the two final teams, Largy College from Clones and Monaghan and the High School from Rathgar Dublin, debating whether, for the Global South, the international community is a mirage at the Helix in early May. The victorious team on the night were... I know you're all on the edge of your seats, wondering how this debate went. And the Concern Debating 2023 winners, the are Largy College, the North I spoke to Amy Jo, Aveen, Deirdre, Katie and Dylan from Largy, who first briefly summed up their opposing argument to the motion. Well, our main argument was to say that the Global South doesn't need, uh, doesn't need the international community because it's growing into its own powerhouse, so it doesn't need the help from the international community. While the other team are seeing that the international community is not helping the Global South in any way. Part of it is debating something that you mightn't believe yourself. You know, you were debating that motion, but would you agree with it yourself? Or is it through research maybe that you came to that conclusion? I think at the first when you see a motion, you're kind of torn. You don't really know like what you're looking at. But I think with the more research that we did and kind of obviously rebutting and everything, like at the end of it, I completely agreed with what we were doing. And even after the debate, when it came to questions, the um, proposition actually agreed with our point, said that the mo- most of the points that we um, kind of were saying that they agreed with. Your prize is a trip to the UN in New York. Mm-hmm. Are you looking forward to it? Yes, yes of course. Wait. And I'm going to ask, is it the UN part or the New York part or a bit of both? A bit of both, yeah. Yeah. Amy Jo, a lot was made about you being, I believe, the fastest Irish under 17 year old under 300 metres. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You fed up with that question? Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that recently now, so I have to live up to my standards now. So (laughs) I just like don't put the pressure on myself and just go out and have fun. I think I've like carried that as well, like through sport and especially through debates this year. So just have fun and don't be stressing about it. Like, there's a lot of stress, isn't there? You know, I think in the debates it must be. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can be very stressful. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, especially with um the semi final and the final, we we're kind of um cut for time and they were very close to each other. We were in Italy 
And then we barely had, well, we had some time, but barely any time it felt like to us to actually be prepared for the final. So it was very, very stressful. I think that also shows like our true characters. Like we were so determined yeah, to, like, dedication. to learn our speeches and just like go out there and perform to our best abilities. So that shows like what kind of people we are. Mm-hmm. So. Thanks so much to Amy, Joe, Aveen, Deirdre, Katie and Dylan for speaking to me, especially on their summer holidays. And they were off to have ice cream after that interview and to their debates mentor, Sasha Kumuski. And we'd love to know what you thought about the debate motion for the Global South. The international community is a mirage. You can email us at podworldwide at concern.net or you can send a voice note via WhatsApp to an Irish number 085-872-0720. If you're under 18, don't forget to CC in your guardian if emailing or message from their phone once you have their permission, of course. And we're finishing up with our How Much Do You Know quiz, where we test the knowledge of Irish celebrities, activists and influencers to know how much they know about the country's concern works in. Presenter, sustainability activist and friend of concern, Fanula Morin, was kind enough to be our first contestant. At the end of last year, she and my colleague Emma Kelly visited Malawi, so it was only appropriate that Emma got to ask the questions. Hi, Fanula. How are you doing today? Hello. Hoping I'm doing well. No <laughs> pressure. How have you been up to for the last few months? Oh, gosh. It's been an absolute whirlwind. So I've been doing more radio presenting. I started doing bits there in 2FM. Um, back in RT Pulse post-pandemic as well, celebrating all the new Irish music, which is really, really exciting, especially now heading into festival season and the first proper one that I've had in a good while because last summer I was tied to my desk finishing up my master's in climate change so I've been hosting lots of events loads of different climate bits going on as well so it's been a really really fun few months. So for those of you who don't know you how would you best describe yourself? A radio and TV presenter and sustainability expert who loves sharing all of my fun climate action stuff in kind of really accessible, exciting ways that people might want to get involved with. I share loads of the different kinds of science and the stuff that's worked for me. And then if people find different bits of it that might work for them, they can join on in or maybe the next thing will be for them. So it's all about support over shame and just getting as many people to join in the fun as possible. Our trip to Malawi last year, it was incredible for me. It was my first trip with Concern Seeing Country programs. What stood out for you? One of the things that really stuck out for me, and you'll remember this, but just to give people a little idea of how remote this place was, we had traveled up along the border of Mozambique and Malawi for a good few hours, and the roads had long since disappeared. We were on top of these beautiful mountains, gorgeous trees, but a lot of the roads have been washed away by different really heavy downpours and cyclones that have come through over the last while. And tucked in behind all of these half there roads was this gorgeous community. And on top of the mountain that they lived on, they had a fish farm. And I was like, what? This is so magic. So because they've been working with concern, they've been able to learn all of these ways that they would keep the water that would fall from the sky and like funnel it into a fish farm. So it was a totally new income stream for them. It gave them a new food source. It gave them new income, more stability and diversified their crops. So all of that going on as a climate resilient part of agriculture, I just thought was really, really cool. Um, and another thing that stood out for me as well, and I have to remind a lot of people this even now when I'm doing all my talks around Ireland and kind of you might come across one or two people who are like, oh, climate change, like, is it even real? 
But we were having a conversation with the agriculture ministers from Malawi. And I just casually sort of asked them at the end, be like, oh, and how do you deal with climate change deniers here? And they were like, what? And it, it was nothing to do with the language barrier. They all had amazing English. It was because there's no climate change deniers in Malawi because they are living it right now. So uh, we learned a lot, but I want to quiz you um, on a few things about Malawi. Um, in our first edition of um, the How Much Do You Know quiz, are you ready to go? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give you one minute to basically answer as many questions as possible about Malawi. Hopefully they won't be too difficult, but also some of these I didn't know. So <laughs> okay, let's see. No okay. pressure, so. So what is the capital city of Malawi? Lilongwe. Yes. Africa's biggest lake, uh, second only to America's Lake Superior, is in Malawi. What is it called? Lake Malawi. Yeah. <laughs> and how long is it? Is it 434 kilometers, 506 kilometers or 563 kilometers? I'm not a numbers gal, but I'm going to go with 563 kilometers. You're on a roll, Fanola. Bawa is popular in, Ma- in Malawi. What is it? Is it a type of music, a sport, or a board game? It's Bawa, B A W A. Ooh, music, sport, or board game. I am going to guess music. Board game. You see, okay. I didn't know that one either. I didn't get to play that. I'll have to go back. So Sima is a food staple in Malawi, which we did have. So what is it made from? Is it maize flour, rice, or oats? Maize. Yes. And what is the national animal of Malawi? Is it Thompson's gazelle, the honey badger, or the elephant? Is it the gazelle? It is. Yes. Okay, amazing. (laughs) And also, people in Ireland might know it from its Afrikaans name, which is the springbok. That was a minute and you did really well. I'm going to count you up now. You got one, two, three, four, five. You got five, right? I'll have to go back and play that board game now. Great. Thank you so much, Fanula. Thank you. Thanks a million to Fanula for joining us. And congratulations to her for being top of the How Much Do You Know leaderboard. Okay, she's the only contestant so far, but let's see if she can stay there. And that's it for the first episode of Pod Worldwide. Thank you so much for taking the chance and listening to it. We hope you made it to the end and enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. You can get in touch via email to podworldwide at concern.net. We'll be doing it all again next month. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Until then, thanks to all our guests for joining us and to Claire, Emma and all the production team. 